solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Chapter four. Horace Slughorn. Welcome to another episode. I'm Molly. I'm Alex. And this is Potter, Potter Watch. Um, welcome back, everyone. It's um chapter four, Horace Slughorn. Pretty apt name, I would say. Yeah, um, I would say this is definitely the Horace show, this chapter, um, which is fine. I think this is one of, we talk about this a lot when she introduces a new character, but I think this is one of the best new character introductions we get, like midway through the series, like over midway through the series, obviously. So like this late in the game to get, this great of like a character introduction and it doesn't feel forced it just feels very natural but we know exactly who he is I think she does a masterful job at it oh yeah we get who he is immediately I I mean I like this chapter and it's very memorable but while I was like reading I was like this is kind of long (laughs) yeah I think um because it's mostly character introduction there's a lot of like description which I think she does really well and there's a lot of setting the scene but it's not I think this late again this late in the game we do want things to like be moving and I was actually missing some of our main characters by this point so like I miss Ron I miss Hermione I miss even I miss the Weasley I just I miss Hogwarts as a character so I think because we're now in like four chapters deep of not being with our comfort zone, which is Harry, Ron, and Hermione being together. So right. I think I and I think this chapter is really good for like revealing information, but we've already we already know, so it's not as exciting to like get this reveal, like entering the house and like who is this guy and like right. it is exciting though. Like I was, um, I was. Uh, my friend was having a crisis while I was trying to take my notes. So I was like texting her back. But um, there was one point where I just had to pause the chapter, even though it was, I knew what was happening and I was still like taking notes, but I just wanted to hear it because it is very exciting. Um, And I wanted to give it my full attention as I always do with this podcast. I mean, I've had that experience where I, like, have to pause it because I'm not, like, really focused. Even though I know what's happening, like, I need to, I need to have my full attention on this. I need to redirect, for sure. What did you rename this chapter? I renamed this chapter Collectible. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I said, New Year, New Me. <laughs> Which could apply to, like, a lot of people. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Slughorn got his raise. Yeah. Dumbledore is, like, trying better with Harry. He's like, new year, new me. Harry is growing a lot. I have a lot of things to say about that. New year, new Harry. Exactly. Yeah. Very um, much title. <clears throat> Love it. Should I tell you what happens or? Well, maybe I should go for, is yours good? It's like fine. It's like normal. 
I feel like I should go first. Go first. I wrote mine in like a minute and it shows. <laughs> um, alone with daddy. Boris Slughorn is hiding. Harry P grows up. Oh. <laughs> you do Harry not have- Yeah, I couldn't get that last syllable in. So Harry P. That's what his friends call him. Um, I almost like cheated again on my syllables, but then I like restarted and I was like, no, I will do this the correct way. Bless. Um armchair recreates slughorn shows off true colors big d's first lesson Ooh, because i kind of considered this you know his first real lesson for harry yes of course of course oh yeah that's good um i think it's so comical the two of them together just like walking like harry points it out but i i think it's a funny sight oh yeah that was my first note. Yeah, Harry's like, this is weird. I also just love the weirdly, like, humanness of Harry being like, the last time we talked, we had a fight. And I'm just feeling a little bit uncomfortable with the situation. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt, it's just so, like, weird thinking about Harry, thinking about that with- like Hanging over us, elephant. Yeah, like, I'm just a little bit- overwhelmed and like nervous because Dumbledore might be mad at me (laughs) also it's like a very weird situation oh for sure um and then I have um my next note says Dumbledore is one of those people that asks you if you like a movie then shit talks the movie before you have time to save face and this comment is based on when Dumbledore is like, so have you felt anything about your scar? And Harry's like, oh, no, I haven't. And he's like, why do you think that is? And Harry's like, well, I assumed that it would be more because da 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 da. And then Dumbledore's like, well, I assumed differently. So <laughs> this is why you're not feeling anything. And I was like, could you just please say everything Dumbledore so that people don't feel like an idiot in your presence at all times he's like you're not ready this was a test this was your pre-test and you failed you failed it (laughs) you weren't aware that you were being tested but I just want you to know that you failed um interesting that they're doing side-along apparition though to leave the privet drive interesting Mm. yeah I have that note as well Hmm. Interessante. All I want on that apparition note, though, all I want is to be able to apparate, but this description makes it sound terrifying and you're going to die every time you do it. (laughs) I always think about Harry's reaction to apparating, which makes me think that I don't want to do it. Like, I want the ease of apparition, but it doesn't feel easy or comfortable. Like, no one else, I mean, obviously, like, we're in Harry's head, but no one else even, like, comments on it, really, unless they get splinched. So, so I don't know. Maybe Harry just have, like, a sensitive stomach? Because the way Harry describes apparition, it's like he's in that roller coaster at fairs that just spins around and around and around, 
and they call it like the space ride because you just go up and down while you're spinning and it makes you sick for like four days. That's what it sounds like he describes apparition. I mean, he doesn't like any form except for flying because he doesn't like the port key. He doesn't like the flu very much. Like, I think that was the first thing he learned was flying. And then he was like, oh, not like flying, not for me, which is fine. It's not practical, Harry. You can't (laughs) fly around to get places. I prefer flying. (laughs) You can't do that. No one will understand why you're late in the wizarding world. You'll have no excuse. So you being like, I couldn't fly because there was a thunderstorm. And also I didn't have my muggle protection broom on. Doesn't work. So you just need to learn to operate and get over it. I think he does eventually get over it. And maybe it is just getting used to it. But not, not great. Not good. We, um, this is a good introduction about the hand. And um, so like we get it first here. In this I think hour. we got it a little last chapter. Like Harry well, notices it. Yeah, but uh, we just, she keeps on planting that seed coupled with Snape being like, uh, he's ill or something. Doesn't Snape say that? He says, yeah, he's, he succumbed to an injury recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think all of that together, and then we get we get here talk of the ring in this chapter. We're just planting those seeds, buddy. Oh, but yeah, you wait. I just realized what you were saying. Like it was the first time the ring was mentioned specifically, not just the hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like that doesn't sound like a very nice ring. I'm kind of surprised. It's like cheaply made. <laughs> well, it has been destroyed. So it's probably lost a little bit of its luster. Also, like Harry, quite the jewelry kind of story. <laughs> Looks like it came from Claire's or icing. Aunt <laughs> uh, Petunia wouldn't be caught dead in that ring. <laughs> turned all turned my ears green every time. <laughs> I have very sensitive um, holes. Mm-hmm earring holes um you know what you meant (laughs) how you just mentioned the occlumency thing how is Voldemort just like constantly doing occlumency against specifically Harry like I just don't understand the magic of occlumency and legilimence I think it just seems a little aggressive I understand it more in um fantastic beasts where it feels like something that is a special skill so like like mind reading or like empathy like an empath but I don't understand it in this case as like a learned trait so this that this one confuses me but I am I'm more apt to understand that like oh Queenie is an uh is a legitimate's she can read people's thoughts. They come to her. She can sense things in her surroundings. Um, I bet if she was used to someone's thoughts, she could narrow down. Um, she could narrow down um, who they are and what they're feeling from a distance, which she can kind of do. When, and learn to block it out. Right. Like when her sister's in trouble. So I, 
that understand that I get more and it, it seems like Voldemort is like Queenie except for like less showy about it because Voldemort is Voldemort I think so, you're right I think maybe him and also Snape to some extent were born with the ability yeah and they probably honed it also mm-hmm. and that you can learn it but it's like much harder almost like the metamorph Margus thing Mm -hmm. I think Tonk says, like, they're born, but, like, you could, I guess, kind of learn to do it. Like, it's like like a glamour. So if you can, like, teach yourself to do, like, glamours really proficiently um, to, like, change your features the same way they do with Ron in the seventh one. Like, if you become really adept and focused at doing that, then you, um, it's like being a metamorph magus, but she's born with, like, she can just do it yeah it's almost like a language like people that are just really good at learning a bunch of different languages I oh I'm in in like the muggle world I know but I was saying also yeah just like it's it's a lot like parcel tongue you can learn it as we discussed with Dr. Paz right but yeah I I think it's really fascinating I wish we got more info about it about the magic of all of that also, but, we assume that Dumbledore's uh, legitimate on the low, or do I they just think, say that? I think he's a learned legitimate, if anything. For some reason, I don't think he has. I kind of think he is. I think they say it. Like, he's a skilled legitimate. That's what I'm saying. Like, I for some reason, I think it makes more sense to me that he it, he learned it like he became like the skill level of someone that was born with it by like practicing at it I don't know why I think that I I don't know I think it's just like Snape must have been born with it too it's just Voldemort seems like like when we meet young like baby dumb Voldemort he like is doing this as a child. Oh yeah, Voldemort is definitely born. Right. Yeah. So it, it just feels like a different, and he's like notable for it. So I feel like it seems like a different energy than what Dumbledore can do. Yeah, yeah. I I could see it either way. I just he definitely does it. We just don't know. Oh, for sure. I think yeah. I think if there's, I also think another thing with Dumbledore is like, if it's learnable magically, then he can do it (laughs) for me with Dumbledore. Right. Which is why he can't have all three of the Deathly Hallows because he just becomes literally invincible and he knows that. So he doesn't trust himself. Agreed. I've always loved the description of the house um, Slughorn is squatting in. Like, I just have always loved the magic of it, that scene where he walks into it. Like, I think she just does a really good job. Um, I had two notes before the house. Um, The one, it's still on the apparition thing, actually. Um, I like that she kind of explains away that, like, you can't just operate into people's houses. Like, she kind of nips that in the bud, and I think she did a good explanation of it. And yeah. Dumbledore's like, 
that would be rude, Harry. You can't just apparate into people. Go house. into someone's house. Also, I th- feel like, um, I don't know if this is in the rule of apparition. I guess it's not. But I always imagine it like, have, did you ever watch that movie? What is it called? Like Jumper or something? Leaper? Oh, Where- the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? That's Looper, I think. Oh, yeah. This one I'm talking about is the one where you, it's about a guy who can teleport to different places, but he has to be able to like visualize the place to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've always like expected apparition to work. Like you have to have seen the place to be able to go there or like have like a clear picture in your head. But I don't think that's canon. Like I don't think Yeah it is. They talk about that. I think in this book. Right. When you're in apparition lessons, you do have to think about you have to see it in your head where you're going. They're like visualize it and you can you can apparate to places you've never been, but you still have to like picture it. Like they when they go to Shell Cottage like Ron describes it to them, to mm. whoever's operating to be like, this is Shell Cottage, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I think they have something in their head. Like, I, I don't think it, you have to have been there, but yet they do. I, have to I, have think, I think it's canon. Okay. So you do have, yeah. You don't have to visualize it. So I, Dumbledore hasn't been in this house before. Yeah. But he like, well, they also, like, operate to, like, the little village. So I guess he knows. Right. Like, I'm saying that it makes sense that either way, he just wouldn't be operating yeah. directly into his home. Also, I feel like if it's a named place, like, yeah, if you're going to this village, like, if you just say, like, the name of it, that's probably enough to visualize it. Like, you don't have to know exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Um, like, when they say, like, Forest of Dean, it's like, I'm thinking Forest of Dean, Forest of Dean. But you can't just be like, I'm just going to apparate, poof, like, without a place in mind. Yeah. I guess. I would really, just on a side note that has nothing to do with any of this, we were, you were talking about, like, a little English village, and I really just, my mouth started watering for fish and chips. Like, I just, it could be because it's dinner time and I'm hungry, but I just really want specifically fish and chips. Sounds good, right? The oh the other one thing I wanted to point out before the house was I like the well I don't know if I like it but really good foreshadowing with the Inferi because yeah asked Dumbledore what's Inferi and then we know what happens we know with the Inferi they are some terrible creatures also like. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it more when we actually see the Inferi. How, like, most of the time when somebody is, like, killed, the body's still there because, like, they then they know that they're dead. But are all these Inferi, like, you collected the body? Like, how are all of those Inferi in that lake? I... I need, I'm glad we're rereading this book because I have forgotten a lot of what they actually are. Well, they're basically zombies. Right. But they all like look similar, right? Or is that, 
I think they're just like dead. Like, I don't think you can tell who, like, if it was a person you knew. Oh, no, you could, because, like, they said, yeah, they would like, yeah, Snape talks about it in a chapter. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're like imprints of the body, is I guess what I'm getting at. Like, if they are like the physical body or like a body because it's associated with death that is so visceral that you could create it and make it into I I, I just don't know what the magic of it is I think an imprint would be more like a ghost it wouldn't be solid and they definitely say that it's solid I mean yeah it's definitely solid but I'm thinking maybe it's because it comes of such like a violent death the same way that you can like create life via horcrux because you've killed someone it's like that's magic is stronger but I just don't know I mean they do talk about like there were a lot of people that went missing during the first war so I think that's it's a lot good. that's a lot of infery I mean but they could also be muggles oh yeah it's gross it's a lot of infury but it's I also lot. assume like that's he like Dumbledore was like he had a army of in theory last time so I'm assuming this is just that army that he then like put into the lake yeah oh for sure but terrifying like I don't think he had double like two like the army and then also the lake army yes I don't think he has two I think he has one set but it is kind of sickening I this is why we really need a marauders there's so much untapped potential there. Like that show would be devastating. Like all okay. of their friends going missing and like, but it, it's a, it's a very good concept. Like it just, somebody just needs to make it a series. Yeah. The worst part is that there would be no like happy ending, like except for the war did end, but. Right. I think you just need to end maybe with like the hope of Harry like it's gonna it's gonna be sad but it'll have like this hopeful ending of Voldemort being gone and Harry's there I think all of the characters are gone except for Lupin yeah I, I mean I know it's a sad ending but like I think it's still like a good ending like it has it has all the makings of the like it's it's a good ending you can't mess it up it's a perfect series the ending is already written for you it's fine I'm kind of glad they haven't made it yet I want to be on the writing team (laughs) I have to establish myself first as a uh as a screenwriter and then um I have to option it for with JK Rowling and um yeah and then we'll get it all set you have a plan I have a plan um okay so I'm at the house with BDD that's how I've been writing him in my notes big daddy D obviously Mm -hmm. BDD BDD it's a nickname on a nickname (laughs) um we can't be tamed can't be what, what is his plan here because he like obviously knows what's happening but he's not telling Harry what's happening he's kind of letting it unfold and I I kind of think it's for one of two reasons either he just wants Harry to like react naturally because 
he's already said to Harry, like, I'm using you to try and get this professor, but he doesn't want to, like, use him like a puppet. Like, now this is what you do. Like, I think he wants Harry to just be, like, naturally responding. Yeah. That was one. And then I guess two is just, like, I just want to see what happens. (laughs) I think Dumbledore is so interesting. This is such a Slytherin plan. The way he goes about it. Oh my gosh, so sneaky. So it's just like, I think partially, I think there are a couple things. I think Dumbledore, if he preps him too much this early, something will happen the same way that happens later when Harry is overly prepped. And it's that he goes too Slytherin and it reminds him so much of Voldemort or like Tom young Tom Riddle that he wants nothing to do with Harry like I think what is nice about Harry as a character to be this person to get Slughorn in is that he has that like earnest Gryffindor honesty that isn't like Voldemort you know yeah so I think that could be part of it I also think Dumbledore is always on a need-to-know basis with everyone. So that's a great way to put it. Like he's just kind of like an asshole in that way. Like at the end of this chapter, I don't mean to like jump ahead, but he could easily just tell Harry that Snape is going to be teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts, and he doesn't. I know I had that apparent reason. He's like, "Well, I guess you'll see." Like the world's biggest joke, worst joke, Dumbledore. Like you know, Harry isn't going to take this well. Well, I think that's why. Yeah, but just get like give the boy some prep. But like I think what you're right that Harry doesn't do well with prep. Like he's so instinctual that if he like tries to come up with a plan, it never works. Like he's oh. so in the moment. Like he does really well in the moment here. Like he is really good in the moment, which is kind of shocking. Which I do think that's actually what's like I think Dumbledore wants Harry to be in the moment for all of this. And, like, what he's teaching him is, like, some instinct stuff. Like, always have your wand out. Always have your invisibility cloak. Know who to trust. Trust your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I meant. Like, this is really his first lesson is, like, these, like, rudimentary things that Harry kind of has. But, like, Dumbledore's enhancing. And I think he's, like teaching maybe him to trust his instincts again a little bit too yeah I mean Harry has great natural instincts but you're right he's just like honing that skill making sure it's something that Harry can trust and that he can rely on because he's going to have to and I mean we might be thinking about it more than JK Rowling but like after last book like where we were talking about his like, he might not trust his guy after that. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore might be like, we need to kind of do some damage control. Yeah. Well, I think I think J.K. Rowling probably did think about it. I'm going to give her this credit just because of the way Dumbledore speaks to Harry at the end of the chapter where he's like, I'm really impressed with the way you're handling all of this. Like, I... I think Dumbledore is aware of the lessons he's trying to teach and for what reason and he's prepared for all of the different Harrys that he's expecting to see yeah 
I do think he's getting a more pleasant Harry one because he's had time to like think, but also because he's getting him off of a abuse summer. So he's just really. Well, he kind of, this summer was probably the best one yet. Yeah, but like. He just kept to himself. It was only two weeks, too. It's still the Dursleys. I just think, like, you know, like, he's getting him out of, he's excited to see a friendly face. Well, I think he's also just, like, wants to, like, spend time with Dumbledore now that they, like, got past that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think I'm caught up now. Um, but yeah, it's it's so visual the imagery and them like cleaning it up. Like I, I love magic. I can picture it. They do a good job in the movie. Yeah, I do love that part in the movie. I think they do it really, really well. It's very nice. It reminds me a lot of Fantastic Beasts. I know it's the same director, but it's like anytime we get to see adults doing magic and how just good they are at it. I love the note later where Slughorn, we find out Slughorn did it in like two minutes. Like, I think that's very impressive. Um, What do you think of the actor that plays him? Oh, I think he's good. I like him. It's not what I pictured at all, like, visually, but I like the actor. This segues right into my next note, um, which is, have I ever told the podcast that I know Horace Slughorn? That you what? Know him. Not the actor, but I know him. Somebody like him? Like, yes. Not someone like him. Someone that is him. I don't think I know this. So, in high school, my drama teacher was Horace Slughorn. And I was brought back to high school reading this chapter because we used to call him the walrus, our drama teacher. And they describe Horace Slughorn as having the walrus mustache. And that's what we always clinged on to about our drama teacher he also in his office had a wall of a a floor to ceiling like shrine wall of all of his favorite students and he would always brag about where they were in their careers and how they would invite him to things in fact specific to harry potter i remember having a conversation with him about um when he was doing equus he was like, oh, a former student of mine was working on Equus, and I got to go to the after party, and he met Daniel Radcliffe, and I just, he was, I can't express to you how much this man is exactly like Horace Slughorn to the T. So, I wish Horace Slughorn was teaching theater at Hogwarts. (laughs) I mean, he would be great at it. He clearly has a flair for the dramatic. Um, that's so well was he also like a big guy like a heavy guy he was like a kind of like he was a big guy and he definitely picked his favorites but he was at the and I think I really like Slughorn as a character maybe because I have this personal connection but like even though he would pick his favorites and he was sometimes kind like not nice to every student in the department he was like at the end of the day like a really good guy and made the right choices 
you know That's kind of like a theater teacher thing though too right um yeah I just I think I picture like a bigger obviously a bigger guy playing it because that's how he's like described like a little bit like less put together than the one that is in it mm-hmm. but I still like the actor that plays him oh I will say that when I say that he was bigger I think my director was the exact same size as the actor so like okay. he had like a bit of a middle but he yeah. wasn't like no I'm picturing like a like a very heavy like, like a Vernon yeah he yeah. wasn't like that um, well just like for this character cry um but um what a great segue what a great sorry I didn't mean to derail us but no, that's not derail a lot well, not for me I think that was a like I like when characters are realistic like that we used to talk about it because obviously a lot of people in my high school theater group loved Harry Potter I mean so we used to be like did JK Rowling meet Deanna like it just would have told you (laughs) very true but it was yeah it was very very interesting so were you in the are you on the wall um I probably am not now but I was in the wall of the school so yes I was a favorite but I haven't been keeping in good touch with him so I'm sure I've been removed from the wall I haven't been doing my duty of um keeping up yeah I do really enjoy how much Horace and Dumbledore like know each other and that they're like on equal playing field almost like not I mean obviously Dumbledore is like Dumbledore but like this guy's been around as long and he can like play the game with Dumbledore oh for sure they're playing the game with each other I love it so much I think it's so fun to watch Dumbledore and Slughorn be in their element like this it's refreshing because Dumbledore just usually is just so much he's like everyone is in awe of him which obviously but like it's nice to see someone be like I don't I'm not impressed by you but he's not like a bad guy I mean they when I think you saying like on equal playing field is a really good way to put it because they meet on an equal playing field like they're both just teachers when they meet you know like he's teaching defense and he's teaching potions so it's um like head of Gryffindor head of Slytherin like I imagine it's a very like yeah it's a it's a history that's filled with like probably like a lot of playful um rivalry as well as just like there's just so much history there like I love this part when they're like I'm where Slughorn goes on this rant about how old and weary (laughs) yeah and Dumbledore's like you're not nearly as old as me (laughs) And Slutcorn's like, well, then maybe you need to retire, old man. <laughs> I love it. So cute. Um, how did, I mean, this is maybe futile to ask. Like, how do you think Dumbledore found him? Just because he's Dumbledore? Yeah. I also think, you know, Dumbledore's got his little spies everywhere although yeah it is interesting because um because slughorn is doing a good enough job to hide from the death eater but he can't get past 
I was thinking that, but I also don't know if like he's like really on the top of the Death Eaters list. Like, I think he probably is an emotional top of their list, but not like a priority top. Yeah. So like he has people after it, but he, I think Voldemort probably doesn't want to put be put in the position to kill Slughorn. So he's yeah. like half-assing look, looking for him. I, I would assume that if Voldemort wanted to find him, he could. Right. Like that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he is like the top of his list in terms of like, he wants him to be on his team, but I don't think he wants to be put in the position to have to kill him, which is really interesting because I think he really does value Slughorn because he was the only person that didn't look, see him for who he was. And I guess he was touched by that in some way. Like, or you know, like, him differently. Well, right. So Voldemort is an evil sociopath. And Slughorn saw him as, like, a really powerful, magical boy, which is what Voldemort wanted to be seen as, even though he is an evil sociopath. So I just don't know what he really wanted from everybody else. But, um, and then obviously he gave him all of that information about Horcruxes. So I just think there's a, there's a, the same way Hogwarts is an emotional, like, safe haven for Voldemort, I think Slughorn is probably another, like, emotional trigger point in terms of, like, probably the first ever magical person that really accepted him. I think that as soon as Slughorn was employed by Dumbledore, Voldemort should have been worried about the Horcruxes. He should have put it together that that's that was part of the plan for Dumbledore. Oh, I think he does. But I also think like Slug, like Harry says, Voldemort's not about to barge into Hogwarts and attack Slughorn now. No, not attack him, but he should have thought, because he doesn't think that anyone still knows about the Horcruxes by the end. It's not the very, also, very end. Maybe he also knows Slughorn enough to know that he wouldn't want to admit that information. And he probably is aware that they've already taken his memory and he's altered it. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I think he probably assumes that if nobody knew up until now that Slughorn just hasn't been talking about it and probably trusts that Slughorn values his own personal well-being and the way he's viewed in society enough to not say anything, which is true. Slughorn keeps tight mouths for a really long time. Yeah, I think it's just a little bit of an oversight on Voldemort's part. Yeah, he's a dumb dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, sassy Harry's back. Oh yeah, one of my best friends is Muggleborn. So, uh. Yeah, except for my eyes. I got it. I've heard it. Heard that before. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that James and Sirius aren't in the slug club. Did he say that? It was like implied because he says, well, Lily was one of mine. I think probably it makes sense that Sirius wouldn't be and James would probably 
I kind of thought they were like, eh, we're too cool for that. We don't want it. That's nerd. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like yeah. there's that. And there's also like, this is a club that all of Sirius's family is in and he would not want to be anywhere near that. So I think they're probably solidarity sistering about <laughs> not being yeah. a part of the slug club. They probably also goofed off in potions because they probably just didn't care about that one as much. Yeah. Um, they were so good at magic that I don't think they had to try very hard. Yeah, I don't think they tried at any of their classes, which I'm sure was really annoying to loop in. That's yeah. how it's displayed in fan fiction anyway. Yeah. But they are like goofing off and still get like um, A's yeah. in all of their classes and Lupin's like studying <laughs> all the time. Do you and think Wormtail, think- God bless him, is an idiot. Um do you think Snape was in Slug Club? I think he was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he had to be. The Half-Blood Prince had to be in Slug Club. I mean, but it could also very well just been, like, an oversight because he kept himself so much and, like... Yeah, but I don't think... I think Slughorn would have needed to have Snape in Slug, uh, in Slug Club because he was so adept at potions. Like, there, you know, like he was doing things on a different level than everybody else. So he would have definitely at least invited Snape. But he's also like very, um, I think, worried about having Death Eaters in it. And if Snape was hanging out with some of the wrong crowd by that point, he might not have been. Yeah, but... I don't know because this is pre the fallout with him and Lily so I think if Lily was in it Snape would definitely want to be in it I don't know because yeah, but she even notes like you've been hanging out with like Mulsiver or whatever yeah but so also I, ag- I again Sirius's whole family was in Slug Club so that's true like all of them were in that group so I think well he said I think he was saying they were in my house I don't I think, think Regulus was in Slug Club. I mean, we don't know. But he, I, I don't know. He says I would like, I would have liked to have the set. I guess in his house, but it does seems like, seem like he, he was using them. them interchangeably. It was kind of confusing. Yeah. I was like, I think talent wise, like Snape should have been, but I could also see him like underestimating Snape. Cause I think most people did. Right. I'm just thinking about what we know about the Half-Blood Prince book and how, like, good he was at those potions. And I'm just thinking, like, I don't think there was any way that he saw... I could just see him, like, kind of keeping it under wraps. Like, he doesn't want people to know how good he is, including Slughorn. Like, he might have just, like, done what he needed to do in class, but then was, like, low-key, like, the best potions drinker. I mean, I, I don't disagree with your take. I was just trying to think maybe alternatively I could just see this other yeah I mean Draco is also not bad at potions and he's not invited to slub club because he's afraid of his association with the Death Eaters but um yeah I don't know I think it would be hard I feel like it would be hard for Snape to hide it I don't think Snape is the person to dumb down his intelligence for any reason like I do see your point where he wants to like blend in but I think it would be really hard for him to be like I'm not the best potions master in this school 
Yeah, I could just see his personality getting in the way for Slughorn, I guess. Yeah, I definitely see that. But I I don't know if it would be as big of a issue if all of those other people were also in the club. It's hard when you're head of Slytherin House, man. You didn't hear it from here, folks, but there's a lot of Death Eaters there. <laughs> I think we did hear it here first. <laughs> that was Alex Reeves, everyone. There are. I didn't write the books. I'm kidding. Um, it's there's a lot there. A lot to unpack. I have an okay boomer moment. I feel like you probably. So do I. I put the exact note in there about (laughs) okay boomer. Hilarious. You want to talk about it? No, you can say it. Just the um. Well, and your mother, well, she was muggle-born, of course. Right, like, and then Harry's like, one of my best friends is muggle-born, and Slughorn's like, oh, yes, it's always funny when it happens like that, don't you? Yeah, I was going to my doctor the other day, and she was a woman. <laughs> or She was a black gal. Can you, yeah. I, I mean, what a, what a great doctor she was. <laughs> my friend's grandma was. And God bless her. She was like not all there. Definitely from a different time. I had no like hard feelings. But she did. <laughs> she did. I met her and she was like, oh, this is when I was teaching at the preschool. She was like, oh, uh, you're in, you, uh, you graduated college. Good for you. <laughs> it's funny how that happens sometimes. <laughs> it's funny how that happens sometimes. Oh, Yeah. I mean, I have, like, not as a forgiving ad towards, towards Slughorn, but it's also, like, I, I see what you're, what you're about. Yeah, I said, Slughorn is such an okay boomer. He means well, but he's just full of microaggressions. Like, he was just raised in a time where that rhetoric was just the norm. And he's like, oh, I would never discriminate. On, so I, I like them despite of that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that. It's like I'm not racist. I have a friend that's black. <laughs> I, I just said your mother was one of my favorites. Um, but I love Harry's reaction to it, and it's so oh handy. yeah, no bullshit. That uh, it's not funny when that happens. I don't believe that. So. Um, I also like this little slip in about Dork Cresswell and the goblin liaison because he's the character in the seventh one that's like with the goblins and Ted Tonks. And I think that's, I like that she uses that again. Um, and just all of the lists of people, like, I just love getting more of the wizarding world and like these other professions and just like how it's all connected. Very much so. Your girl. My girl. Gwynog Jones. Oh, well, that was my trivia question. Oh, sorry. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that is my girl. Holly had harpies. I was like, why are you playing dumb right now? <laughs> <laughs> why are you not um, using every opportunity to speak about the Holly had harpies? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Harry, I'm, Harry is just like surprisingly good at this manipulation with Slughorn. Well, that's because he's not trying to he's manip- not manipulate. He's literally like, I don't get you. The safest place is Hogwarts. <laughs> like, I kind of feel like Dumbledore should have been like, don't try and get the memory <laughs> and just see if Harry got it. <laughs> um because him like like Dumbledore being like this is the most important thing you'll do all year like didn't work no Harry is like you said earlier bad at a plan and 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 as we've said multiple times and I'm here to tell you fan fiction writers doesn't have a Slytherin bone in that boy's body he's not adaptable He's, like, he's adaptable, but in a Gryffindor way. Like, he has good instincts. He can't, like, change his personality to fit the situation. He can't manipulate. He's a terrible liar. He's not ambitious. He's not ambitious at all. (laughs) And he does have his people, but he definitely is a cause person. He has a hero complex. So he's not, like has his people like he would choose his people over the rest of the world if his people start to disagree with his cause he's like bye sis <laughs> remus lupin right <laughs> i mean not really that was like for lupin but yeah um, but i i noted noticed or noted something in this reread that i hadn't before it's not really a big deal but i was, thought it was really telling that Slughorn says he's been on the run for a year, which means that he believed Dumbledore as soon as Dumbledore came out and was like, Voldemort's back. And Slughorn didn't care like what the minister or like the papers were saying. He's like, I'm on the run. Like, bye y'all. <laughs> That's a great point. Good on you for catching that. Because it was, yeah, the first time I noticed it and I was like, that's I, really telling. I love that. I, I, I'll, I've already said it once. I say it again. I really do enjoy Slughorn as a character. I think he's, um, he's a different kind of good person. He's not always doing the right thing. He is selfish in a lot of ways, but he makes the right choice. And at the end of the day, he doesn't want to be associated with the Death Eaters. He could be like Wormtail and be scared and just immediately go to that side and be ultimately protected. Like, it's not like Slughorn was going to be a frontline Death Eater. He has, he has morals and I think he gets sort of written off um, as a good character a lot of the time. Or, like, I've talked to certain people that are like, oh, well, he's not really actually that good of a Slytherin because he's not. And I don't think he's our best representation of a Slytherin because he does kind of hide for a while. But he's definitely helping by the end. He's definitely on the right side. But I think hiding doesn't mean he's not a Slytherin. Like, no, no, no. no. I, I, sorry, I think I talked too fast. People think, I sometimes say that Slughorn is we don't get a lot of good representation of Slytherins. And I think Slughorn is a very Slytherin character, but is a a example of a good person that is a Slytherin. And then people obviously take offense to that if they are a Slytherin because he like is good, but he's not 
he's not actively good the same way like Harry, Ron, and Hermione are. Right. I, I actually had a very similar note. I do think he's definitely considered a good guy. And especially in the seventh one, like we see him like fighting back and like yeah. all of that stuff. And he, like, tries, and I, he tries to help with the, the kids that are being like attacked and stuff like that. I just think. Yeah, he takes like a wing or whatever when they're like doling out yeah. roles. Um, and I think that it's nice to see a Slytherin in a different way that's not like he's like not I don't think it's in question that he's a good guy like we see like Draco and like Snape and like technically by the end we would consider them on the good side but they're not like good guys yeah our best example of like a really good actively like fighting the good fight Slytherin is Andromeda Tonks but we're not all going to be Andromeda Tom. Yeah, we don't get her as a character, really. A right. So I just think... And a little bit regulus. Um, yes. But again, he starts off, like, actually evil, so... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you see with Slughorn that he never... He's was never tempted. on the evil side. Yeah. Um, and I don't... I think him being selfish is fine. Like, I think that's totally fine. Like, I don't think it makes him a bad person. No. Um, I think he only gets a little bit dicey when he gets into OK Boomer territory. Yeah. If I'm honest. And even then, Lily was one of his favorites. <laughs> right. He's, like, he's a microaggressive racist who is ignorant that he's being racist. Yeah. Um, Which doesn't make it okay. But it does, like, it takes away the malice in it. Right. It's not, he's not Lucius. Like, he's not, yes, right, exactly. Like, he's not going to meet Hermione and say, oh, another muggle-born. He's going to be impressed by her in a well-meaning kind of microaggressive way. Right. Like, if you meet a Black person, you say, wow, you have such good diction or something like that. It's like, dude... You groan. It's a groan-worthy comment. Right. Um, but yeah, I and I like that it's also kind of a pending question, because Dumbledore's like, do you like Slughorn? And um, I think that's kind of throughout the series. It's like, I don't know if I like him, like, like I would be friends with him, but I yeah. like that he's a character, and I like his character in the books. Yeah. And I, I personally do like Slughorn. Me too. in terms of, like, the world, yeah. I do think it's, like, because everyone asks that, like, do you like him? Did you like him? Well, um... And I think he's just one of those people, you, it is, like, a you either do or you don't. And yeah. he doesn't, he's not shy of letting you know if he likes you or not. Very true. Um, but yeah, I think he's a great character that we get. A little, a little tangent. On, on topic though. It's also, it, we're using a green book here, y'all. So it's the, it's the book of Slytherin. It is Slytherin's book, Half-Blood Prince. Um, I would like a raise, Dumbledore. <laughs> Amazing. Um, These are mad times we're living in. What a classic from the movie. Oh, classic. 
I yeah, and I also just think this actor does a really good job of like, like you said, like a, a classic line from the movie. He just the same way the book knows exactly who the character is, that actor knows exactly who that character is. So it just comes out naturally. Like in um to go along with the long list of other adult actors in that series that just do a phenomenal job the second they are on screen, I think he goes along goes in oh, that yeah. category. I mean, every professor, like, is so good. Like, I mean, actually, all of the adults. Yeah, are- all the adult actors are incredible. Yeah. It's because, like, Britain doesn't have that many, so they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, fr- I was going to say, oh, I think he's just a little bit more, like, aloof in the movie. And I think that's just part of that actor's spin on it. Yeah, but I also think his, I read his aloofness as like a play. Like it's all part of his drama. Like he's, yeah. in, he's in the Slughorn show and this is his Academy Award winning performance. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, Tony winning performance. Um, I'm in the um, broom closet thing now. Yeah, I'm I'm there too. I'm there to take a drastic tone shift. Yeah. I said BDD, Big Daddy D, trying to make up for last year with some emotional support. You were already kind of talking about that earlier. Right. Um I think Sirius would have been proud of you. Woof. My heart. Um, I do too, though. Um, oh, yeah. My- and sorry, keep going. No, I was just like, at first, I was like, what? Like, I feel kind of weird that Dumbledore's like doing this right now, but like, Harry really needed it because Harry started to get emotional because he hasn't really, like, he's dealt with it a little bit, but not, not really. Right. And I think Harry needed to say out loud his like admission about you know, his journey that he went on. This is a little bit of like, he did some at-home therapy and he needed to hear from another person that some like, some reassurance and some, yeah, like you, this is a hard thing that you had to overcome by yourself. And you did a really good job of it. Like where he gets to, like everything he says about being, brave and keeping moving forward and not letting himself like wallow in this because that's not what Sirius would want it's just like really really strong and I think I don't know I just think it's one of the most mature things we've ever heard Harry say especially since he's not necessarily great at talking about his feelings. So I was also proud of him. Yeah. And he, it's not like too long or over the top. It's yeah. And I think it was really important him being like, I it's like the realization for him was like not getting the letters. Cause that was most of his relationship with Sirius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I also, I don't, I'm saying this like you've made this argument, but I'm more like addressing like a wider argument. Like, I don't think it's like shady, like it's implied in the seventh 
that Dumbledore is telling Harry to tell Ron and Hermione just so that there will be three people that know. Like, I really genuinely think Dumbledore thinks Harry will need them, especially Hermione. I mean, obviously. And like, I don't think it's meant to be like shady. Maybe I'm arguing with myself, but I was like thinking about that. Cause like, that's kind of what Harry says in the seventh one is like, he obviously wanted me to tell Ron and Hermione so that there would always be three. And now I'm telling Neville. <laughs> well, I think like most things with Dumbledore, it's both. <laughs> it's both. I think it's probably both because Harry 100% does need them. And Dumbledore knows that, but I think it also goes along with a very well thought out plan. That he knows because yeah, he's been going back in time. Correct. Yes, back <laughs> to the theory, the OG. I mean, which Dumbledore is this? We don't know. We don't this know. is a wise Dumbledore. This is the one that's been around the bend. If oh you- yeah, this Dumbledore. I think this is. I think his time traveling is over in this book. I think this is all. But yeah, because the hand would be. Yeah. A- this is all final Dumbledore. This is this is the guy that's been along around for a while. He had a lot of stuff to work out last book. <laughs> right. That that guy from last book, that was like the one where who knew what Dumbledore it was at any given day. So um Oh yeah, this was just my note. Why doesn't he tell him here about Snape? And I do think it is a little bit like Harry will just like freak out about it all summer and like there's no reason. Just like deal with it when you hear it with everyone else, maybe. But he's so cheeky about it. He's I like, know. we'll see. Don't count your owls before they come. Yeah. I probably won't be seeing any of Snape. I, okay, I also think sucks. it's interesting that we didn't get your hopes up we didn't uh right exactly like he I don't know I think he should have said something he should have been like just by the way and Snape will be teaching defense against the dark arts gotta go Harry to talk yeah I agree although maybe he hasn't actually confirmed it with Snape because he just confirmed he knows Snape is gonna say yes like they he knows that Slughorn's coming back like that I was just making up one final play for Dumbledore. No, Dumbledore knows. That's why he's so cheeky at the end. <laughs> um, you were about to say something else, I think. No, I was I was just gonna be mad about the same thing. <laughs> um I <laughs> I I was really happy with Harry for the whole chapter until this last part. When Dumbledore's like, now, while you're here, you know, don't do anything stupid, basically. And Harry's like, I got it. I'm not. As soon as they go to Diagon Alley, he's like, oh, Malfoy, squirrel. Like, let me put myself into harm's way. But I promised Dumbledore I wouldn't do while staying with the Weasley. We're going to get into this again every time this comes up. But I am 100% Team Harry for most of this book because he is right. No, I don't mean like he's wrong about his suspicion. But I know, but like... Harry is being taught to follow his instincts. And I think it's messed up that 
Harry has this, and I think it's honestly a little bit naive that Dumbledore knows everything about Malfoy. He knows Harry and Malfoy's history. He knows Harry's going to figure it out. So it's like, this is, I'm only talking about the Nocturne Alley thing because he's with the Weasleys and Dumbledore just asks him one thing while he's there and Harry agrees. (laughs) I would have followed them. They're sketchy. I'm just saying. That was the only thing that annoyed me. No, I, I feel you. I just, I... I think you're right. I just also agree that he should have followed them. However, it would be poor repayment if you risked your neck while staying with them. I understand, said Harry quickly. (laughs) Really laying it on thick there, Dumbledore, because Dumbledore probably knows Harry cannot maintain. Now, I do love what it ends up eliciting with um, Mr. Weasley and him being like, I know what's up. Like, I love all of that. I know the team. But I am just like, come on. Yeah. That was my last note. Same. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy, Hoggy, Hogwarts, teach us something, please. Quiz, 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 quiz. I did have a cue. I don't know if you came up with another one, but I didn't, and I will not. Mine's hard. I <laughs> I'm not gonna get it. What I... is the name of the village that Slughorn was residing? It had a funny name. That's why I marked it. No, not a clue. Budley Beberton. Oh, I did know that. Like. Like, I don't, I was never going to get that, but, like, I do, like, recognize it. Like, it's not as, like, a, not a clue as I thought it was. Stop bleeping. Winog Jones, Hollyhead Harpies. I would have gotten that one. Um, uh, do you, uh, have a champ and rat for this chap? I do, and I have a tattoo idea. Did you remember that? I did. Um, but mine is, like, not good. because Mine's just the armchair. Like, that would be really funny. Yes. A funny tattoo idea. Um, uh, mine was just, um, oh, it was, like, whatever Harry was saying, like, something within that, um, that conversation with Harry and Dumbledore about grieving, but there's not a good one, so. There's not a good quote, but I think if I was going to pick a quote from that chapter, it would be from that, this chapter, it would be from that part. Yeah. Or, like, the ring would be, like, an interesting tattoo. Yeah, that's good, because it's the first description. Yeah. Yeah, his, like, sentiment's really good, but he doesn't have any, like... Standout quotes. Like, the best one is, like, a trite phrase. Yeah. Um, um, Points or rat champ? What do you want to tell? Tell me all your things. My champ is Harry. Same. My rat is... uh, 
I don't have one. I put Slughorn because, okay, Boomer. <laughs> okay, Slughorn. Yeah, I guess I will. Okay. But Slughorn. I liked him and it's his chapter. Yeah, like it's weird because he was almost my champ. So I like feel weird making him my rat. I mean, there's really only like three options. Right. So that's why um, I guess it'll have to be Sluggy, my Sluggy boy. Um, and yeah, I was Harry. I gave it 66 points. It's not. I gave it 70 points. I like this chapter, but yeah. it's not like, you know, my favorite in the book. Sure. Next chapter, An Excess of Phlegm. What an amazing chapter An title. amazing chapter. It got me so excited about the next chapter. Which I've already listened to half of it on accident. Yeah. This next chapter is so good. I love any chapter where we just spend a lot of time at the borough. So. Yeah. And there's so many characters at the borough right now. So many characters. Love it. All right. Um, Drop us an iTunes review or something, y'all. Send us a note. Yeah, a lot of you guys have been messaging in recently. We yeah. love that. Keep it up. Um, all right, well, stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.